guys. Where are we? And they're missing shots too. Hero from none. Yes. All the milk and cookies backcourt for rookies. None and hero. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Hoops and Cards. I'm Gary, your host. Thanks for joining us two weeks into the NBA season. And, oh, man, so much fun happening already. Harrison Barnes, Scotty Barnes, Miles Bridges, Cole Anthony. Lots of players stepping up, and some guys were still waiting on you. Dame Lillard, we're waiting on lots of you guys. Devin Booker, Luca, not even up to his Lucanus. But yeah, today's episode, we're going to talk about where we're at three weeks into the season. And some sports collectors and investors have called this the Bermuda Triangle for sports cards. As you look at the calendar, the sporting year, we've got the World Series of Baseball, college football, NFL, lots of distractions. And so they figure people don't have time to spend money or thought on cards. Well, we'll we'll equip you for the next steps and some buying opportunities right here from whatever that Bermuda Triangle is. I'm Gary, your host, and let's get after it. Guys. What's up, basketball card collectors and investors? This is Gary. I I don't know if you could tell in the intro. I'm battling some kind of cold or something, so... I don't even feel like myself or sound like myself, but yeah, some days you show up anyway, and uh, even though I haven't been talking much today and didn't sleep well, just congested, man, the the uh, weather changes quickly here in Northeast Ohio, and yesterday it was, I don't know, almost nice out, today it's cold, colder, maybe not compared to where you're at, uh, Nova Scotia or Siberia. Tell me where you're at if it's cold. Message me. Mark in Germany. How cold are you guys? Uh, But anyway, lots going on in the world of sports. Well, basketball, really. And uh, a lot of people talking about breakout rookies, guys that look like they are ready to perform on the big stage. Chris Duarte, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and sometimes Jalen Green. A lot of these young players, they start out the season, or maybe they go through a freshman, you know, first-year season where they just don't have good shooting percentages. And, I mean, I expect that from most first-year point guards and shooting guards, guys that like to score. So I am not discouraged about the slow shooting start for Kevin Porter Jr. or Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I mean, it's even happening to Damian Lillard right now and De'Aaron Fox and Devin Booker, some of these guys that are volume shooters, and they're usually far better than this. They're just not hitting with a, you know with as much accuracy. Whereas other guys, OG Ananobi, Miles Bridges, Harrison Barnes, other players are stepping up, shooting well, and uh, really just filling in the gaps, making a name for themselves. And that's an exciting place to be. Honestly, there's players we'll talk about that are Uh, having breakout seasons or look like they're already starting to go for like awards like sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, right? Most improved candidate. I don't know if that's Harrison Barnes or Miles Bridges. It could be somebody that I'm not even thinking of right now. Um, 
that just has come out of nowhere to be awesome or awesome again. Wherever you are at, uh, I realize that everybody has their preferences and favorites and teams they like and players they don't like. Uh, the internet allows us to interact with each other, people from all over the world. And I came across a very insightful, detailed post the other day about Zach Levine and the Bulls. And I just want to say, if you saw my interactions on there, um, we went back and forth for a while debating. I thought it was a good debate, but whether uh, Zach Levine is at the level yet of a Bradley Beal or Jimmy Butler. And, you know, I don't think so, but I do think he's headed there and I think he could surpass one or both of those guys. I just, I don't even know. All three of those players are playing great basketball right now. Beal is struggling a little bit from the field, but Jimmy Butler is putting together MVP numbers and and Zach Levine is too, but I don't know what the difference is between Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, both guys averaging about 26 a game, playing extremely well for the Bulls. The Bulls look very good. So we're in this, we're in this spot, guys, uh, where I'm looking at affordable rookie cards before 2017, basketball cards and players that they're having improved years or they're going to... Um, they basically continue building on what they did last year. And I've got seven or eight players that I'm looking at. I wanted to talk to you about today, perhaps to see what you think of them. And I know they're guys, some of them that we've talked about before. But I think now that the season has started and we get to see them play and see how they react and even how they perform on <clears throat> off nights for them, the guys that can do other things than just make baskets. It is uh, exciting to see it like, Last night, the Cavaliers played Charlotte. The Cavs won. I don't know where they're getting this. The Cavs are winning games against contenders, even out west. Cavs went out there and beat the Denver Nuggets. And I think they beat the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers took them. Yeah, and they lost to the Lakers. Now I remember. I remember that all too well. LeBron, thanks a lot. But I remember even last night watching LaMelo Ball hit big shot after big shot. And he went off for 30 really like him. He's not who I'm talking about. It's Miles Bridges, and he is the talk of the card market, the talk of basketball, really, when you see his highlights and uh, his his stats so far. I got to remind myself it's only seven or eight games, but I do think Miles is uh, going to keep some of this up, and it's going to be fun to watch. So there's a player who's, whose value jumped so much in the last seven to 12 days is 2018 Prism Rookies. Anything graded, which there wasn't very much, but his, I mean, here, think about this. A guy who's had a really good two weeks, his card values have jumped ahead of players like Julius Randle, uh, Zach Levine, in some cases, RJ Barrett, Tyler Hero. Like, Miles Bridges just... And that whole jump, and we're still in the middle of it. it. It encapsulates or it summarizes, you know, the difference or the the variety in this market. That some guys are, they just catch fire, and everybody's talking about them, and everybody's buying their cards. Uh, in fact, I listened to several podcasts this week, and I'm like, you guys mentioned the same guys that I just mentioned, or hey, you did an episode yesterday that mentioned the the few players I was going to talk about. Miles Bridges and Cole Anthony and Desmond Bain. Thank you, Slabstock Sam. Great episode. 
I'd encourage you guys to listen to that. He breaks it down in more detail. And I'm just looking at the cart prices on eBay and saying, is a Desmond Bain Prism Silver Raw right now $30? Should we be buying that up? Because here he is in his second year starting and averaging 17.7 a game. You know, maybe. But there's not a whole lot in the league, guys, that's going up right now. You know, we can look at Miles Bridges, but when you look at the card prices and card sales, there's a lot of cards that are still down or are plateaus, not the right way. They're just stuck in the valley, right? And that's why I'm saying that that Bermuda Triangle, where people only have a certain number of hours a week or a weekend, they have a certain amount of money to spend or not, and here in this season, end of October, early November. Basketball is not yet center stage. It's a novelty. People like it. You know, we love it. That's what, that's all we want to talk about. I don't want to get on here and talk about Justin Herbert or Derek Henry's injury. Like I, this is the place not to talk about the Braves and the Astros and blah, 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 like good for them, right? This is a place to get on and talk about, Hey, uh, you know, while we're all wondering what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, is anybody talking about the the superstar players that are carrying their teams right now? Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. Holy cow, Paul George. And there you've got a guy who's Don Russ 2010 rookie graded is a, is a steal. I don't know. There are players that, that maybe just the hobby forgot about a long time ago and and we need a refresher course on who they are need to remind ourselves and and maybe also you you guys know the hype towards a card or a player i mean i that's that's just a reality like it or not i don't have to like that paul george cards are down you know um that's just the way it is i did notice like Kawhi leonard's cards have taken such a beating over the last nine months that if and when he ever comes back, ever in his life, Kawhi, if you're out there, like if he comes back in time for the playoffs this year and has a big run for them, timeline I think is March or April. Who knows, right? But Kawhi's cards, you could get a Kawhi rookie PSA 9 for under $300. It's a card that used to be closing in on $2,000. $2,000, like Kawhi. When they won the championship in Toronto, Kawhi and all those dudes, Van Vliet, Freddie Van Vliety, <laughs> love that name, OG Ananobi, have I talked about him yet? Uh, there are a lot of good, they look like good deals, but I also have this, this uh, recurring thought that cash is king and you only get to spend it once. Some of the cards that I've wanted to sell to free up cash just aren't selling and I'm not willing to lower my price further into that um, that pit. And maybe we are in a two or three week spot where people aren't going on eBay trying to buy cards of Damian Lillard while they're down. They're not going on eBay trying to sell their De'Aaron Foxes for cheap. They're not going on eBay speculating on which Evan Mobley Chronicles rookie auto to invest in. They are watching. They're watching sports. They're going to games. I, I don't blame us. Like I've been to more uh, high school football games lately than I've been in a long time. So I get it, right? We get it. It's, it's one more time where you'll hear me say, just be patient. You know, I put some cards out there 
for sale and I get an offer, wake up in the morning, accept, or I sell something overnight. And it's like, cool, that frees up some money I can use for a card I actually do want, you know? Other times I'm like, oh, that card is still there. Boy, I could really use some, uh, <laughs> I could really use some cash right now because that list of cards I see as a good deal, or at least as a card I would like to own. The Zach Levine Prism Rookie, the Julius Randle Prism Rookie, the OG Ananobi Optic Hollow, the Brandon Ingram Prism Rookie, the Paul George Donruss Rookie. I might even get another Nikola Jokic Rookie card. There are so, seriously, when I mention these guys, those are the ones that their market is kind of flat right now. And, you know, I, I think of some players and I've got cards at PSA still to get graded of Karis Levert and CJ McCollum. And I'm like, man, should I have ever sent those in in the first place? <laughs> you know, uh, a year ago, those cards might have been nice. But now Chris Middleton rookie, you know, I, I just hope I get a few tens as usual. But there are some, what I put on this title was budget buys. There are budget buys all around. All around. I mean, LeBron, Giannis, some of the best players. Luka is cheaper than he's been in his basketball card lifetime. (laughs) So uh, I would just suggest to you that cards before 2017. So I guess... Unless it's somebody like just breaking out like OG 2017 and before. Those are the cards that there's going to be less pop, less population, less of them graded. Some of them, maybe because of that, they're going to be in demand once people realize, oh, that's the guy, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, he's an all-star again. Oh, big moments in the playoffs coming up for Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah, that's what he's capable of. Or some of them, it could it could pop when they go to another team. And it's like, dude, I should have bought that CJ McCollum rookie before he got dealt to Philadelphia. And then they went on a playoff run to the finals where McCollum averaged 28 a game. Like he's doing right now. Oh, ho, 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 ho. All right, so now we get to that part in our show that actually is going to set up the rest of the conversation about some uh, unique investing strategies or buying strategies if you're a collector. But let's get to some listener feedback. Listener feedback. This first bit of feedback comes from a Michael from... Looks like he used to be in North Carolina, then was in Chicago, and now he's back in North Carolina. Okay, Michael. I think what you're saying in your show can be very helpful to people. Oh, well, thanks, Michael. That's really sweet. Uh, Yeah, we're out here trying to help people, Hoops and Cards, and now with uh, our blog at hoopsandcards.com, and and even a lot of people have joined up for the Hoops Plus. That's really cool. They just go to... uh, Anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe. And for the price of a Crunchwrap Supreme, they can get a whole you know month's worth of extra content and 
prizes and part of the community supporting us. So thanks. Appreciate it, Michael. Glad you're listening. This one is from Alan, I think from uh, Pennsylvania. Alan, what do you got? What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. (laughs) So, Alan, maybe you're not understanding the podcast right. I mean, we are actually talking about the game. NBA started two weeks ago. I know it's been a while for you, but... But yeah, we're talking about the game and how it impacts the card values and, and card markets. And I just I just appreciate your, your input and you know wanting to clarify what we're actually talking about. So that that's always good. I sometimes I wonder what I'm talking about. I've been recording for 30 minutes and, and more sometimes, and it's like it's, it's good to have those moments of clarity. So maybe we should get to some actual real life listener questions and feedback all the way from Germany. Hi Gary. Here is Mark from Germany. Thanks for all the content you get in your podcast. Uh, I have a question. Maybe it helps other people also. Uh, why do we also buy a PSA 9 and not a PSA 10? There are so many out there, and uh, I think it depends on how much money you have. But I think, is it not better to wait to get a PSA 10 because then you have a special one Uh, if you go down with the grades all the time you get more and more people who have the same card like you hey Mark that is a great question Uh, Mark's asking from all the way from Germany across the pond you know why not just focus on PSA 10s because there's usually fewer of them and they're worth more you know what's the what's the thought process because Sometimes I do recommend a PSA 9 or I'm looking at a, you know, PSA 8 for some older cards, LeBron James rookie, etc. Those kind of things. Uh, Mark, first of all, that's a great question. Um, and I, in an ideal world, like like my ideal would be to just get PSA 10s of whatever card I can get, right? Because it's gem mint, it's perfection, and it is worth more, and they are easier to sell, it seems like people want the tens. So there is more demand. I think you're right. There are a lot of us, though, that, like you said, budget wise, maybe we can't afford um, the 10 right away. But if you still want that card, it's nice that a nine is pretty much mint too, and it's usually less than half the price. So it is a different budget. That, that really is what it comes down to a different budget, a different price point. The good news I would say to you is that. You know, I would, I, for some reason, it's just preference. A lot of this comes down to what you enjoy. I would rather have PSA 9 cards of a dozen guys that I really enjoy watching and following their careers than to have like one PSA 10 or two PSA 10s. I, I enjoy that. The other thing would be, you know, if, if the cost of one Luca PSA 10 rookie is $4,000, but you could get eight of his, it's actually more now, of his PSA 9s for like three or $400 each, that allows you to buy and sell the PSA 9s, uh, almost like shares of stock. You could still keep some and sell the others. I know a lot of people that do that with PSA 9s or PSA 8s. The other thing that I would say is is good news and is an answer as well, Mark, would be 
that the PSA 9s and the 8s, and for older cards, the 7s and the 6s, like if you go back to the 86 Fleer Jordans and watch the the growth of the value of those cards in the PSA 5, 6, and 7 range, their values still go up. They often follow behind, but sometimes they have a higher percentage gain, the 9s do, than the 10s, or the 8s do, than the 10s. And that's exciting. That says to me, hey, even if I can't get in a PSA 10 of a LaMelo Ball Silver Rookie, you know, I can get a PSA 9 of it, or a PSA 8, and I can have that card, right? I can display it. I can watch it grow in value, and and maybe as it grows in value, then I resell and buy a 9 or a 10 of something else. It, it is part of leveling up. It's part of an investing um, strategy. And Mark, that's something I'm going to go into a bit here uh, as we as we address this in the show. But I love your question. And re- the, the nice part about this conversation is that there's really no right or wrong. It's what, what do you want to do? What do you like to do with it? Um, take my Darius Garland collection. I have a whole bunch of Darius Garland PSA 9s. I have one PSA 10 because I wanted to be able to say I had one that was gem mint and see how that value goes up uh, differently than the others. But I like the accessibility and the affordability for collectors that want to get the whole rainbow, all the different color parallels or versions of a card, or all the different sets of a player. It just gives people a cheaper option. In fact, some people buy the nines, and they look at them and they say, this doesn't look much different than a 10. And they would crack open the nine case and resubmit that card to PSA in the hope that it gets a 10. Sometimes it does. And... um I'm not recommending that. I think it's problematic, but some people do that. So a lot of good reasons to buy the nines. But uh, yeah, maybe I've raised more questions than answers with that. And uh, we'll we'll address that here uh, at the end of the show. Thanks, Mark. Here's a question from our Discord group, which I'd love for you guys to jump in and join. The uh, link is in the bio to this show. And uh, it's from Primetime, and we're talking about Miles Bridges. And the question he asks is, do I think he can keep up this pace? Do we think Miles Bridges can keep up this pace of 23.3 points a game, seven or some boards, four assists, three steals? Do I think he can keep up this pace? And the answer is, yes, I do. I'm not predicting or guaranteeing it, of course, but yes, I think he can. And it's because I have seen him sustain it. Uh, most of April, he hadn't, just April and early May, just was on an awesome streak and has picked up right where he left off. I would say that also because he's been in the league. This is his fourth season. And so we're not looking at, uh, you know, a Chris Duarte, a rookie who's just been doing it for a week and everybody's going crazy. We're talking about a. 22, 23-year-old young man who knows who he is in this league and has found a great role with Charlotte. So I think he can. I believe he will. I think it's going to be fun to see it because we could we could all say we, we knew when it was, <laughs> when, it, when he just burst out the gate this season and the market took notice. I think that's fascinating. But yeah, primetime, I think he can keep it up. I don't know what that means for his card values, though, because I think at some point people have to realize wait a minute, um, everything he's doing is still not even close to what Luca and Trey and even Shea Gilgis-Alexander, what he is and what he's going to be. 
So I think there may be a market correction eventually, but right now Miles is on the up and up, and uh, it's exciting to watch. Steph Curry behind the back, drives down a lane, and misses the jam! Oh, he missed it, and Harden the rebound! Warriors have to foul! I think it's funny that that question a few minutes ago from uh, Mark really did nail the point of the second half of the episode, some buying strategies. I was going to say to you that, uh, you know, sometimes we just collect for fun or invest for profit. And I'm, I find myself most of the time trying to do both. So I even mostly invest in players I like. If someone told me that a, a card of a certain player was the best investment in the league, I would be tempted to buy it, and I would think about it, but it's just my personality. Uh, I would rather have guys that I enjoy watching and rooting for because there are so many to choose from. There's so many types of cards, so many players, yeah, so many versions and ways to purchase them. I like the idea, since a lot of the expensive rookie cards are out of price range for me, um, I still like the the idea of getting, whether it's a PSA 7, 8, or 9, in a variety of cards. I got a PSA 8 Carmelo Anthony rookie last week for 20 bucks, And uh, I'm, I'm going to have it for a while and then flip it. I think Carmelo, a lot of his cards are uh, undervalued. And if he goes far in the playoffs with the Lakers or if they win a championship, I mean, he's definitely a Hall of Famer, but it was just 20 bucks and I thought it'd be fun to have a Carmelo rookie. So I'm going to do the same with Dwayne Wade, probably. Uh, that's my thought with LeBron. These are cards I enjoy, but I also think their value is going to go up. Am I going to spend thousands of dollars for a PSA 10 of LeBron? I wish I had it, you know? I saw one uh, exchange hands in a trade Saturday at the card show. That was pretty cool to see a LeBron James tops PSA 10 like a $5,000 card. Yeah, someday. I'm, I'm Maybe. I'm just not there right now. And so the other thing is once you get rid of that card, yeah, I guess you can get it back someday, right? It's not gone forever. But the idea of having PSA 9s or 8s that you could keep one and sell the other, I'm doing that with a Trey Young rookies where I'm going to buy... I mean, if you buy one or two Trey Young rookies a month uh, or trade for them, right now I think that a $75 Trey Young Prism PSA 9 is an awesome card. His PSA 10 is three or $400, still an awesome card. They're, they're awesome for different reasons. And um, like I said with, with the question earlier, you got to do you. But just know there are so many different strategies to do that with. I will say this, even though the PSA 10 is worth more than the 9s, if I look at a 9 or an 8, I'm often looking for a silver or a parallel, like something unique about it, because there is a point where some years, especially 2018, 19, and 20, there are too many graded base cards that are like Prism and they're 9 or they're 8, and yes, that drives down the value of them significantly. So I would look for... This is like the rest of the answer that I didn't think of earlier. I would look for green or red cracked ice, orange cracked ice. I'd look for blue velocity or optic hollow. Of course, select uh, courtside is a great card to have. Another thing I've done along with this uh, P- 
PSA 9 or 10 or buying different versions of card strategies is I try to write down uh, the best place I've actually done it is an Excel spreadsheet on my computer where I can I can keep track of the best cards I have, how much they're worth now, and then also it figures out what percentage of that player, you know, what percentage does LeBron James make up of all of Gary's cards? So if I have, you know, a couple hundred dollars of LeBron James cards, maybe that's like 10% or 30% of the value of my whole pie, the whole card collection or the whole investment portfolio. However you want to say it, I encourage you to write down the cards that matter to you, what they're worth, because it helps to see it and then say, all right, you know, I, I don't want to just be all in on one player because what if something happens to that player or a career ending injury or, you know, the market tanks just for that guy for whatever reason or for those cards. And so I do like to be a little bit diversified, but I also want to make sure, look, if um, if I say LeBron or if I say John Morant, if I say these guys are the best investments, but I'm putting a ton more money for some reason into Miles Bridges and R.J. Barrett, um, I, I want to know that and I want to fix it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want most of the value in my cards to be in maybes. I want them to be in guys that are already showing superstar talent. So even when I do the dollar box dives, guys, that's more like a fun uh, adventure for me. And the guys I'm trying to pull out of there are players that are already showing they're worth more than a dollar, more than the prospect. And so... All that to say, write it down or find a, a, an app or a program. In fact, I've got several that I'm going to recommend to you in the next few weeks. That uh, One that's been a helpful resource to me that, uh, yeah, is just like, yeah, this, they make it so easy uh, these days to track our cards and to know what they're worth. So, and by the way, uh, my throat getting sore. I'm congested. I don't know if you guys can tell. So I'm going to wrap this episode up here and... Uh, you know, check out some box scores, watch some NBA, but I hope you guys have an awesome week and yeah, think that through. Maybe this is the Bermuda Triangle. Maybe this is a strange point, but there are still some great deals in cards online. And sometimes it's the, the new guy that you know about that maybe others don't. Other times it's the older rookie cards of players that are playing now, but look, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Carmelo Anthony, think about some of these guys that uh, they're superstars on playoff teams that they might be Hall of Famers and their rookie cards, Jimmy Butler, are so affordable right now. And they may continue to be, but if they're if they're lighting it up already, then I got to be honest with you, they're on my watch list. <laughs> Those players that are averaging 25 plus, like Brandon Ingram, uh, if their card values are down for whatever reason, I'm I'm buying whatever I can. So I said Jimmy Butler. I would say Julius Randle is probably my next target as I set aside a little bit of money here and there to get that LeBron. So anyhow, guys, it's been great. Thank you so much for listening. Message me, send audio feedback and questions at Hoops and Cards on Instagram. Uh, love our Hoops and Cards community and Hoops Plus. Hey, come on now. Come on, take the plunge. You can do it. You can do it. You will be glad you did. Sent uh, ducks and prizes out to all of our Hoops Plus listeners and even some of you that all you got to do is ask, you know. So, hey, uh, it's been real. Look forward to seeing you guys in our next episode and uh, have a great week. 
draft, the Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs.